I think that it's about people, perseverance, discipline, you know, always being positive, always being thankful to be able to even do what we have done. She's life. Maybe all in. Give it your full heart. It's just the hero's journey. This is How to Fairy Tale. Well, welcome back to the How to Fairy Tale podcast. I'm here with my co-host, my amazing wife, Miranda. And we also have uh, a very special guest today, uh, David Ridley. Uh, thank you so much for being here, David. I'm excited to be on here with you guys. David Ridley has uh, a quite a wild story. Uh, a couple quick bullet points of his life. Uh, where I met him was the co-founder of Waco Tours, which was this amazing tour company. It still is this amazing tour company. I had a chance to work there. Uh, David uh, was the co-founder of that, takes people all around to see all the amazing things in Waco. Uh, there was a little TV show filmed there, some of you guys may have heard of. Um, and that's actually a little bit of how David's story got involved with Waco Tours. Uh, he was on Fixer Upper and on one of the or the most popular episode, uh, which I, um, Mr. Gaines said was uh, Waco's most eligible bachelor. Uh, but <laughs> David is not a bachelor anymore. Uh, in fact, he has an amazing wife, uh, a couple kids. And um, since Waco Tours started that, he's also gotten uh, into real estate. And so, David, thank you for being here. One of the things I love about you, and this is really one thing I kind of wanted to double click on, was being at Waco Tours, you had this enigmatic personality where you're able to draw people in, but you never kept the focus on you. Like you somehow were able to, all these people were coming to Waco to see Chip and Joanna Gaines and all this cool stuff was going on. And they would see you be like, oh, I recognize you from the TV show. And you were like, yeah, hey, it's good to see you. Hey, here's Paul. Here's my other person. This You should hop on our Waco tour. And you somehow grabbed all the attention and then pushed it on other people. And you let everyone around you enjoy that. And um, so, yeah, we just wanted to hear from you a little bit about you had a big platform. You've been this amazing person, but you really tried to put other people where you think that kind of give them the spotlight. And why is that? Why do you do that? Why is that important to you to do it that way? Oh man, uh, I wish I could say I've done that forever. I've, you, you know, it's been a journey. I think as a kid, I always, I just gravitated towards everyone. Like in my neighborhood, I wanted everyone uh -huh. to be friends. I wanted everybody to play together. Uh, and it's just been something ever since I was a kid that I've kind of done. Even in high school, I wanted both rivalry high schools to be friends and I just, I've always had this thing in me that's like, why can't just everybody be friends and get along and enjoy each other and have fun together? And unfortunately, some of that, I feel like uh, the enemy tried to rob from me when I, I moved to New York and I got involved in drugs and alcohol and things that tried to pull me away from who I was really created to be. Uh, so when I said, I wish I was always like that, I, I was always like that. And then there was a, a period of time that, um, that didn't go so well. But then when, when I met the Lord in a tangible way and really built a relationship and had a friendship with, uh, Jesus, uh, that's when things started to come back, but it, it came back more to who I was created to be, but it did make me think back when I was a kid, man, I was doing a lot of these things, but I uh, kind of had to go through a lot of hard times and a lot of things in life that led me to, oh man, life really is about others. Uh, hmm. And because in that time in New York, it was a lot about me. I was a model. Hmm. I made money. I went to this and it, it so I, I felt it. I saw it when it was about me and it never went well. 
but it never felt right. If you know what I mean, like it never mm-hmm. felt right yeah. that it was about me. And it's probably why I really struggled to want to live. And I drank more and, and, and did more drugs and things that weren't of me. So um, that's kind of a little backstory in short of probably some yeah. of what you're, you're seeing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you if you think back to when you were a kid, I know you said that you wanted everybody to be friends and all of that. Um, when you thought about what your dreams were, what what you wanted to be when you grew up, you know, what were those things? And then how did you end up where you are today? Man, that's a good question. You know, <laughs> because it, it was a bit frustrating when I was growing up and everybody knew what they wanted to be. Hmm. Um wow, you're, you're, you're drawing something out here. That's, that's getting me a little bit. Uh, so I never really knew what it was. And honestly, I can't say that I knew what it was until I met the Lord in 2006. Hmm. And that's when it made sense that, um, what I wanted to be was something in me, how God designed me. I didn't want to be a police Hmm. officer, a lawyer, whatever it was. I want, I had this thing in me and it became more clear when I met the Lord that, that I wanted to encourage people. I wanted to have fun and I wanted, uh, just an environment where people, um, could be exposed to something that I was exposed to and enjoy life because I went through Mm -hmm. depression and things like that. So Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that makes sense. I'm tr- I'm trying to articulate it. Um, sounds like, well, I mean, just listening to you, uh, it sounds like you're like, man, everyone else has this perfect idea of what they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that. I don't have doctor, lawyer, mm-hmm. police officer, astronaut, ballerina. I don't have that in my head. But then it sounds like you kind of came to this crucial point. You're like, I want to be who I am. And I want to invite others to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like, that's exactly right i didn't i felt like if i was doing something else that other people want to do those jobs or whatever title you want to put on it firefighter then i wasn't being me and Mm -hmm. so then when i kind of had the vision of a tour company it wasn't really about tours Mm -hmm. it was about people and it was like oh it's about Mm -hmm. people and people having a good time people coming together feeling encouraged feeling uplifted Mm -hmm feeling known and valued, uh, those, those things that I've been feeling since I was a kid, but wouldn't have been able to articulate it at all as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, you helped me figure that out there. That, guys. Thanks. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, we were just talking to somebody who was talking about discovering your gifts, you know, and it sounds like you're saying one of yours is kind of connecting people, but also encouraging people. And I think the interesting thing about that is on one hand, you can encourage people in any job, but on the other hand, um, you know, you, you picked a certain path. So why do you think that you were drawn towards a tour company? Um, you know, and maybe not something else like, you know, there's kind of two facets, there's your job, but then there's also your gifts. So how do you think that that gift of encouraging people fits best with, you know, real estate? And um, I don't know if that makes sense. How did you happen to go those directions? I think, um, well, I think it's because there's, there's a lot more people involved. I get to, I get to meet with people that are per- like I'm in real estate now and the tour mm-hmm. company, it's all about mm-hmm. people, but 
Mm-hmm. These people are purchasing a home. It's a very challenging time to move and figure out where they want to be. And I just, mm-hmm. I feel like I like being there for people in the hard times. I did hospice before for six years, mm-hmm. people going through a really hard time in their family mm-hmm. or their, their, you know, family members going through hard times. I like being there for them. Yeah. And so, the, and then the tour company is met people from all over the world, all walks of life are getting to interact with our staff and we get to entertain them and host them where they get to have a great time and be refreshed. And I just, I feel like that was what I was made to do was be around people where they get to be refreshed, have a good time. And uh, maybe if they're going through something hard, it, it lifts them up right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and you guys certainly did that. I mean, our the way we found out about you is I was a grad student at Baylor and part of the orientation was we did one of the Waco tours and um, Jack, I don't remember his last name, but um, he was, I think, getting a master's in accounting um, and he was the tour guide on that particular tour. And um, I was sitting on that, on that tour and I was like, this is no ordinary tour. I was like, this is so interesting and this is so encouraging. And we'd gotten married like 10 days before that. And um, <laughs> we had moved to Waco and um, like neither one of that. us had a job. We didn't know anybody, you know, and I was like, this would be perfect for Paul, you know? And I was like, this is a way that he can get connected and be around people who are doing some really cool things. And that's exactly what it was, you know? And so not just for the people that come on the tours, but the people that worked there, you guys had a really, um, a far reach, you know, and you really impacted people kind of on both sides, but. It's, it's so true. I mean, the tour, like the, the thing about that, and they would hear this all the time is I got to host so many of them and it was so much fun because people would go on and, and you'd have to tell them it's a tour. Cause I mean, that's what it is like in the <laughs> logistics and they're like, okay, I get to see stuff. And that's what they hop on there for. And you kind of, you had to find, you'd hook them with some interesting things. Oh, there's like ice cream and you get to see some stuff from the TV show and we're going to go buy some cool houses. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds interesting. And then they get on. And then something would happen about halfway through, usually a two and a half hour tour usually. And they would be like, you guys encouraged me. And, and because we were, it, it was built around your personality. There was these moments when we sing Running Bear or we like do something fun. And all the other tour guides, we would meet always at halfway through the tour. We'd get off at, at um, Lover's Leap and we'd be like, is there anyone on the tour that we haven't really connected with? You know, this is the thing we always did. We're like, yeah, like backseat, like, you, you know, Joanna, like, I don't think, like, what can we do for her? And we would try to find for every person. And so it's interesting to hear you say that what reason you wanted to start it was because you wanted to build an encouraging environment because I, I had honestly never heard you say that before, but that's literally what our job was as the tour guides. We we're like, how do we make mm. every person on this get off? And by the end of the tour, so many people come and be like, I can't call that a tour. Like, yeah, you guys showed us stuff. Like you did that, <laughs> but it was like, you changed, like I learned about myself or, or you, you did something that I didn't expect. And they were just like, look at me with this weird look in their eyes. Like, how did you do that? And I just think it's interesting that that was what you envisioned. And that was what we tried to do on every tour was try to make every person connect with what they wanted to do with their life or be encouraged and feel something really awesome by the end of the tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you were yeah. a kid, how did you know that you were good at encouraging people or how did you um, figure out that that's kind of what made you tick? Um, that is a really good question. I think it was um, just, a, I had this natural ability to gather folks and connect people mm. It, it it just came like second nature and like, Hey, we're going to David Ridley's for a cookout camp out. And then like all kinds of people would show up and, 
it just was natural. But, but really when it clicked was in high school Mm. because I moved cities and I went to a new high school and big 4A school, the other 4A school across town, everybody said, Oh man, yeah, we hate them. We're not friends with them. Well, by my freshman, I mean, I started there freshman, but midway through my freshman year, I was making friends with people from the other high school that I met Mm. randomly. Hmm. And then we started doing combined high school things like wow. uh, it, FCA. Is FCA the Christian? Yeah, uh, Fellowship of yeah. Christian Athletes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had their high school one. I was the first high school person from our high school to go to theirs. And then by my senior year, it's combined and people are dating each other and friends and hanging out. So it was in high school when it clicked that mm-hmm. the gathering and encouraging people to like other I don't know it just you know I just I felt like it just came natural you know when something comes natural it's funny because I'm sitting here talking to both of you and you're so you're both so naturally gifted at so many things but uh I mean for example Paul he's just naturally gifted in his tours were phenomenal and he was just good and natural at it and he probably couldn't tell you why he's so good at it because it's just natural. So uh, it clicked in high school when things like that started to happen. Mm-hmm. And people would tell me, man, David, we always have fun when we're all together. And you're, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, when you come into a party, it, it just, the, the, the atmosphere gets to be fun and everybody starts having a great time and you're not even drinking. <laughs> Cause in high yeah. school I never drank. So. Yeah. Huh. Um, and so, so a couple of years ago, you moved from Waco mm-hmm. um, and now you're back into real estate, which is something you had done a little bit of in New York City. Um, tell us how, how's, how that's going. And sometimes when you do something awesome, it can be hard to jump into something new, actually. That's mm-hmm. one thing we've, mm-hmm. we've noticed with people. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. They find something they're really good at and an environment that really is conducive. And then it's, there's always a time to leave and go start something new. And that can be a difficult jump. So like, in all honesty, like, how's that going? And what's that like moving and, and finding retooling your life a little bit? Man, that's a, it's a loaded question right now that, that <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know how to answer it uh, fully. But, you know, I think because I've taken these big leaps of faith I feel more settled now when I take them, but man, it doesn't, it doesn't make it easy. I knew that we were supposed to start a new chapter in Alabama, Rachel and I, and I know that I know I was supposed to get my real estate license, but when people ask me, what's your favorite job, what's your favorite Waco tours, starting that company has been the most life-giving best thing I've ever done. And I can't believe I left it, but I know that I know I was supposed to. So, mm-hmm. yes, it has been a very difficult transition, and I'm having to start a career over and build a sphere and network, and I'm on a commission only. Mm-hmm. So I think all that being said, I'm actually learning uh, a deeper level of trust mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the Lord that's going to set me up to be, to be the, the man that God has called me to be for my wife and for mm-hmm. my daughters. If you would have ever asked me that a year ago or before we moved, I would have never been able to say, say I'm doing this so I could become the man God's called me to be for my wife and daughters. I would have said, well, I just, I think we're supposed to go to Alabama for, Mm -hmm. I would have given you some other reasons. That's a longer Mm -hmm. story. 
and it, it, so it's challenging. I'm yeah. rebuilding friendships, but I'm really meeting some great folks. I'm going deeper with the Lord. I'm actually getting an opportunity to go deeper into some places that I needed to go and strengthen my marriage, which is mm-hmm. m- most important. And then be the the man that God's called me to be for my daughters. And mm. if that's having to start over a career and it's hard, uh, then it's worth it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, and, and when you move, I mean, I, I think your wife's family, y'all are sort of close to them, but, um, when you move, you know, you're starting over friendships and, you know, work relationships and everything. And for someone like you who loves people so much, how do you go about, you know, rebuilding those, those friendships and, you know, how do you, how do you handle that? You know, at first I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to rebuild friendships and I can't believe I had to leave certain ones, but Mm-hmm. You know, I got out here and the Lord, I, I ran into people throughout the time we've been here that has just been like, oh my goodness, that was a gift from the Lord to mm-hmm. meet this guy and be invited to this group. And, uh, you know, it's just naturally happened. Mm-hmm. I've just mm-hmm. met people. And now, honestly, I feel like I have, I have too many people I've met. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> So yeah. I'm having to I'm having to narrow, uh, but but I think that's another thing that I'm I'm learning about myself is sometimes maybe I was trying to meet too many people rather than go deep with a few. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to go deep with a few, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Now we were just talking with uh, Vince Papali a couple of calls ago. Do you know who that is? He's from uh, he's from the movie Invincible. Um, it's that movie is based on him with Mark Wahlberg, and he's this guy who's a fan of Philadelphia Eagles, and then he becomes a, f- a football player. It's a true story, and he was telling us one thing that his coach uh, had told him. Uh, essentially, I'm probably not going to say it as well as he did, but um, it's that character is built when it's tested. Mm. It's not. Character doesn't happen any way except when it's challenged. That's the only way character is, gets built. And so uh, it can be, uh, especially leaving something successful, you know, you're learning to leave failure is the first lesson you learn, which is a good one. Mm-hmm. But I think learning to leave success is way, way harder. harder to do in life. Um, it's way Ooh. more difficult. And we, we saw this all the time working at Disney World. It's very difficult for people to leave Disney and go get a new job somewhere because it's just so fun and so fulfilling fulfilling and you have so many people around you. It's so difficult. You know, a lot of people never, never leave, you know, but. But so I I know that can be difficult, uh, but honestly, it's, um, yeah, it's, it really is rewarding a couple years into it and it takes some serious, I mean, it's taken a lot of patience. There's been so many times when I'm, we're both like, we should, we could go back to Disney world and we could just become dancers again and do this. And first we remember, Oh yeah, I'm old and lazy now. Uh, not for me. <laughs> and so you're like, can't do that. But then, but then secondly, you remember, yeah, but I already, I learned most of the lessons from that, you know, and, mm. and, it, and now I'm having to learn patience and discipline. And that is not something that is fun to learn. You know, no discipline is fun in the moment. <laughs> None mm. of it. Um, but later reaps the reward. And so it's, uh, that can be a serious challenge, leaving one success to another. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, it's really good to hear that you're, you're staying the course, even when it's tough, because that can be tough, man, finding a new thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. 
Yeah. And you, um, something that I think is really interesting about you is you really like fishing, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is, yeah. Yeah. And you, you compete. I don't know anything about the fishing world, but can you tell us a little bit, you, you go on like fishing competitions and. Well, yeah, that, so, so that was, uh, ultimately the, um, vehicle that got us to Alabama. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's interesting. The, the story is I, I was, I thought I was going to go the pro fishing route and we, uh, moving to Alabama was going to centralize us and be where Rachel's family is while I was traveling, they could help. And I'm more, I'm closer to the tournaments. When I got out here in August, we got moved. When we moved to Alabama in August and September, I drove to New York to a fishing tournament and on that drive, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm about to be gone for nine, eight or nine days for my little daughter. Hmm. And we're going to have another little daughter next year. Mm -hmm. And I started to process, is this really what I want to do? I thought mm -hmm. I was. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I got out here and I prayed about it and I went on that trip, I, I was mm -hmm. like, this is not what I'm supposed to do. What am I going to do? Like, I just moved my whole family to Alabama Mm -hmm. And so, and that's when I felt like, oh, I'm supposed to maybe get back into real estate mm -hmm. and lay fishing aside. And I do absolutely love it. It is, it's the thing where I get away, I get to be refreshed. Well, mm -hmm. as soon as I decided I wasn't going to go the pro bass fishing route, because I mm -hmm. didn't feel it was the healthiest for my family and me, um, I started to meet people in Alabama that have private lakes that started inviting me to go fishing at different little spots around Alabama. So though, I think the Lord showed me like, Hey, you're still going to get to do something you love to do might mm. just not be on the pro circuit. So I'm finishing up this year. Uh, I fished a, a circuit and I qualified for this for like the third biggest bass fishing tournament. Isn't it funny? I, Wow. There's there's 400 <laughs> pros and I got 21st. They wow. take the top they take the top 25 to this big championship in November and I qualified for it. It's wow. for like two 250,000. Well, guess where the championship is? Wow. 45, 45 yes, 45 minutes from my house, Lake <laughs> Gunnersville. And wow. it's like, okay. Well, I'm I, I get to do that this year and I get to have fun and maybe I'll do some down the road, I don't know. But mm -hmm. that, that's kind of how we got to Alabama and we got led into this next chapter. Wow. Yep. That's, that's really interesting how that all worked out. Um, if you take us back, so you were in New York City and you were modeling there. Um, how, did you, how did you get from there to Waco? Um, so my, I graduated high school in Texas. My parents moved mm -hmm. to Waco in 97. Mm -hmm. I moved to New York. Um, and then... When I was in New York, almost six years, I uh, got my real estate license there about the third year in and uh, started partaking in drinking and drugs and doing all the things of the world that I thought would make me feel better and what everybody else was doing around me. I didn't do any of that growing up. Mm -hmm. So the more that happened, the more depression and uh, things set in where I was trying to do more to be happier, inappropriate mm -hmm. relationships. And mm -hmm. uh, in New York uh, in 2005, mm -hmm. um, I called out to the Lord uh, one mm -hmm. night in the middle of an all night binge and mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, said, Lord, if you're real, I got to know you. And that's when mm-hmm. I really can look back and say I encountered God for the first time. That's how I got moved back to Texas. I bought a one-way ticket, left everything, mm-hmm. wow. making a lot of money in real estate, traveling the world with modeling. You know, in in a lot of people's eyes, I had it all on the outside, but on yeah. the inside was suicidal and not wanting to live. And mm-hmm. so that's how I got back to Texas and went through a Celebrate Recovery program and 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 then made my home in Waco. And um, that that's kind of how that looked. That's how I got yeah. there. And let me, let me ask you one last question. So, you know, when we think of success, you, you know, your time in New York, that is what we would think of as a successful first person making a lot of money, doing something really cool, you know, kind of living swanky lifestyle. Um, But you weren't happy and you weren't fulfilled. So how do you define success now that's different from how we would have looked at it then? Oh, man. Um, Golly, it gives me I got I got chills. I don't know if you can't see them on the podcast, but um, I can be as open on here as I want, right? Yeah, Absolutely. of course. I can say after seeing, hanging out with billionaires, millionaires, having money myself at the time and doing all the things and then encountering God, I, success now to me is is the one who created us and created everything is God Hmm. and knowing him and being in step and in union with him is where I would say success is because he's Hmm. success and he's out of that place out of the overflow we will go with him and do what he wants us to do and I don't need all of those things to be happy. I've tasted all of it and none Mm -hmm. of it ever made me happy. Hmm. But when I get to share my story openly, like last week I shared it. And three hours later, after the event, a grown man comes up to me at my truck in the parking lot, taps on the window. I roll it down and he says, he's, he starts tearing up and he Mm -hmm. said, I felt like I was supposed to come talk to you because you shared openly. I'm coming to tell you, I just got out of rehab and I need help and Mm -hmm. I need to experience what you have. Would you be willing to be my friend and walk with me? Grown man owns a business. I was open with my story. So if the Lord wants to use the story that I've walked through for other people to find life Mm -hmm. and hope, Mm -hmm. then that's success. Hmm. I don't care about anything else. Yes, I have to provide for my wife and my girls. I'm going to do the best I can. But for people to meet and truly know God and encounter him and have their eyes open and being awakened to his love, how much he loves them, that's success to me. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That is, yeah. Well, David, thank you so much, man. This has been absolutely fantastic. It's so good to to get to hear what's going on in your life right now and just to, for everyone to hear your story because it's been a, been a wild ride and I can't wait to see where it goes, fishing or otherwise, or real estate right. or whatever whatever the next step is, man. <laughs> yeah. You've been listening to How to Fairy Tale. You can find all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay up with our show, suggest a guest, or ask us a question, we'd love to hear from you at our Instagram handle, How to Fairy Tale. 